Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to The Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is the Herd, wherever you may be and however you are making us part of your day. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin Cowherd. And for the next three hours, you got your boy. That's what you got. Got a great show for you. Um, we'll take you. We'll take you to Seattle, where the story of the day is the quarterback that they don't have anymore. Plus, wait to hear what Bruce Arians said about Tom Brady this year. The Lake Show got a win over the Golden State Warriors and did so using the three with some new weapons. Joe Varden's going to join us. He also covers the NBA for The Athletic. Uh, plus, plus Andrew Brandt joins us in the third hour of the show. He was a longtime team executive. He helped negotiate these contracts. What is the process like in one the Lamar Jackson deal where uh, what I have stated all along has come out to be true. And uh, also Aaron Rodgers, can the Packers afford to trade Aaron Rodgers considering the dead cap money, which is on the books? Um, two different things with, with, with quarterbacks. Let's start with Lamar Jackson for just a moment. Okay, Lamar Jackson, it comes out, he only wants a fully guaranteed contract. Duh. Were we paying attention? This is what the Deshaun Watson contract has done. Right? It's an outlier contract. Basically, what has happened in Baltimore is the same thing that happened with the Jets back when Rex Ryan was the coach. You're like, huh? It? Okay, so let me kind of take you back for one second. Okay, Darrell Revis was in the conversation, any conversation of the best cover corner in the league. Namdi Asmawai was the highest paid cornerback in the league. The going rate for everybody else would have been about $12 million a year. Namdi was making like sixteen a year. And Darrell Revis said, when, when the Jets said, hey, we think you're the best corner in the league, fine. Pay me like the best corner in the league. 
Pay me like the best quarterback. <clears throat> ultimately, ultimately, he was, I believe, traded to Tampa, okay, where he got the deal that he wanted. They had disastrous seasons and then was only sent to uh, the Patriots at the end of that deal, won a Super Bowl, and then I believe worked his way back to the Jets. Lamar Jackson, as I told you, you can listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show every day, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time. You can download the app as well. That even though it hadn't been said publicly and now it's basically stated publicly because it's come out that every deal, uh, every offer that the Ravens sent to him was rejected because he wanted a fully guaranteed contract. He wants Deshaun Watson's contract plus a dollar, plus whatever. And look, if you want to make the argument, if you balance out a Deshaun Watson, who's been very successful, very well regarded, but hasn't won an MVP, He's torn his ACL twice, and we're not even getting into the off-the-field issues, but has off-the-field issues. Lamar Jackson, no off-the-field issues. Though he's gotten hurt with his knee, nothing catastrophic, nothing major. He's won an MVP. Deshaun Watson has not won MVP. I believe they both won one road playoff game in their career, and that's it. Like, there's a lot of similarities there. Uh, the The difference is, Deshaun Watson's a little bit regarded as a little bit better quarterback, I think, in totality, Lamar Jackson, better athlete with a better upside because he's younger. But in years past, regardless of whether or not you're as good or better, but if you're close, the next guy gets a better deal. The problem with Lamar's argument is there's been other deals that have been consummated after the Deshaun Watson deal, and none of them are fully guaranteed for five years. But use the Darrell Rivas thing as the as the guide you tell your guy, we think you're the best in the league. He says, I want to get paid like the best in the league. Then you offer a deal commensurate with some of the tops in the league, but not the one outlier deal. And and here we are at a stalemate. All right, let's get to the story of the day. So the story of the day comes from The Athletic. And ultimately, ultimately, there are no more secrets, only facts yet to be revealed. Right? You, you weren't keeping what really happened with Russell Wilson in Seattle a secret eventually the truth will come out. This is why, honestly, conspiracy theories, for the most part, those conspiracy theories, they're not. You can't keep secrets, secrets any longer. You just cannot, you know? So we have the story that, and and first we'll make sure we point out, Russell Wilson's people have said it's categorically false but it seems incredibly believable that Russell Wilson went to ownership. And remember, <clears throat> this is a weird time. Paul Allen passes away, his sister running the team, but she doesn't really like to run the day-to-day. So John Schneider in charge along with Pete Carroll, but he goes and says, hey, look, basically does the reverse Jimmy Chitwood. You know, they stay, I go, I stay, they go. And ultimately, it was Pete Carroll winning, Schneider winning, and he's in Denver. The irony to it is, or the interesting part about it, is that the coach that he apparently wanted is Sean Payton, who's now his coach in Denver. Who, Oh yeah, by the way, the, the truth is, it wasn't like it was Russell Wilson that made Sean Payton want a coach in Denver. Matter of fact, it feels like, yeah, I want to coach Russell Wilson, but... 
he's going to have to do it my way, not the way he wants to do it. Uh, it. I mean, look, all of this is completely believable. You guys have listened to Colin, so have I, for years. He was the first one to point out, hey, Russell might want to go to a big city. This is who Russell is. Okay, All of the exposure of Russell Wilson, the phony, is something that most people in the league knew existed for a long time. I was with another quarterback once that was like, look, I think Russell Wilson's good, but dude, just complete and total phony. Between the Broncos country, let's ride, and everything around this year, you know, where he's got his own throwing coach there and he's not throwing the ball. Like, look, dude, if you're going to have your own throwing coach, great. You know what you should probably do? Throw the ball better than you threw the ball this year. We can, these two things can both be true. Nathaniel Hackett can be completely over his head in regards to being a head coach in the league and your play can fall off a cliff. Fall off a cliff. I always find it interesting when a coach has been really successful with a quarterback and a quarterback wants to do more and the coach, like, do you not think that if they thought Russell could win games on his own, they would have... Let Russ cook. Like Pete Carroll doesn't want to run the football because he's some Neanderthal stuck in the stuck in the 1980s. Like just run the ball three yards in a cloud of dust. Only three things happen when you. He's not Daryl Royal. Only three th- three things happen when you pass the ball and two of them are bad. No. Again, this is like I said about about head coaching hirings and GM hirings. The only unforgiven sin in professional sports and frankly in collegiate sports is losing. You think Pete Carroll wanted to lose? He thought the best way to give you a chance to win games is to run the football, shorten the game. And then end of the game, he got a chance to win it. And that formula generally worked. The Seahawks were way better in terms of the results than they were on paper for years, even after the Legion of Boom. You know, so I, I, I sit here and think none of this surprises me. Russell has, Russell has been a, a fake supporter of Seattle for years and, you know, comes over and does the cheese ball stuff. And only the, the difference with Russell being a phony, I didn't say Russell was a bad quarterback. Now I have no idea what he has left. It sure looked like. Either he was out of shape and didn't work or his talent had fallen off a cliff or whatever it was. It was bad. But now Sean Payton's your coach. Be careful what you wish for. You might well get it. He tried to off Pete Carroll and it didn't work. And oh yeah, by the way, it didn't work. And he leaves and they go to the playoffs without him. Like that's the ultimate FU is, hey, dude, we didn't actually need you. We went to the playoffs without you. We trade you for picks and a couple of non-discreet players, right? And we end up we end up winning without you. That's, that's the beauty of sport. I mean, it's just an unbelievable trade by the Seahawks who are laughing all the way to the Broncos' first-round pick this year. This has been a year in which Russell Wilson has really been exposed as not being authentic. Like that's one of the things about 
about uh, Aaron Rodgers, I've actually I've actually always liked and kind of appreciate here. Like he, he is he a little bit Looney Tunes with the conspiracy theories? Sure. Do I want to do a dark room? Not really. I don't want to sit in a dark room for three days and just listen to my own thoughts. That that would be that's a scary thought. You know, I don't need to hike Machu Picchu or get ayahuasca in order to find myself. On the other hand. I do feel like like the searching for greater meaning, the searching for inner peace, like these are real things. There's a real tangible, like I didn't like that he lied about the vaccine thing, but his pushback against authority is a real thing. It's his personality. It's who he's always been. Whereas Russell, he's just trying to project an image. So do I believe that Russell Wilson, hey, I didn't have anything to do with it categorically? Of course not. Do you know why? Because so many things about Russell have been inauthentic for like the last decade. And look, he's really, really good at understanding how to control the narrative in the media. Even the baseball thing with how he left NC State and goes to Wisconsin. I've heard I've heard Colin talk about others talk about it. And their thing is like, oh, Jim O'Brien didn't want him anymore. Like, that's not true. It was his senior year in college. He was gone every summer because he was playing baseball. And he was like, look, if you want to be our starting quarterback, you got to be here in the summer. If not, the starting quarterback position is up for grabs and Mike Glennon ended up being the guy who replaced him. He goes to Wisconsin, has an unbelievable year. They win a Rose Bowl with as stacked a roster as Wisconsin may will ever have. But the point is that it was even what's said now about that is a narrative that's been controlled by Russell. You know, I I believe in players. Players in the locker rooms, they can smell a phony. They just can. You can't fool those guys. They know too much about their craft. They know too much about people. They're around you way more often. They know what's up. Like you may, you may listen to interviews sometimes and have an athlete on. You're like, man, I just don't know how bright that guy is. All right. Maybe in communication in terms of on the radio, he's not great. Some of them are great. Some of them are not, but almost all of them are menses when it comes to their sport, their craft, just like you are in your sport, your craft, right? If I was, if you're in finance, I'm going to ask you about finance. You could go off for tangents days. If you're in construction, I could ask you about things like, I don't know anything about same thing with football. And those guys are smart when it comes to football and people. They get it. And look, the Legion of Boom, they couldn't get down with the guy. There, there, was no, there, was, there were no tears of sadness when he left Seattle. All of this is getting exposed as he was handled with kid gloves. He was babied. Um, he got everything he wanted except to call the plays the way that he wanted. And his pushback was he tried to get the coach and the GM fired. They shipped him to Denver that everybody thought had a ready-made team with a defense and position players where you compete for a Super Bowl and they completely flamed out. It's okay to blame it on Nathaniel Hackett on some level, but at least a portion of it has been the exposure of who Russell Wilson really, really is. Now everybody knows. Now everybody knows you wanted Sean Payton. Now you got Sean Payton. You got three more years guaranteeing your contract. They're not, they, there's nothing they can do for a couple more years. If you can't succeed now, then Seattle wins yet again. Seattle wins yet again.
Doug Gottlieb for Colin. This is the Herd on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll we'll take you uh, to The Athletic, right, where several writers, along with Kalen Kaler, who, who covered the story, shared what really went down in Seattle. What are the honest feelings from former Seahawks players about Russell Wilson? And does he have another great season in him or is he washed? We'll get to what they think. That's upcoming next in The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director wes ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Doug Gottlieb for Colin, The Herd, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. The story everyone's talking about is co-authored by Kaylin Kaler who joins us. She's a senior NFL writer for The Athletic, along with Mike Sando, Jason Jenkins. She co-wrote today's Russell Wilson article about his disastrous first season with the Broncos and how he reportedly tried to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired in Seattle before he was traded. Uh, Kalen, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Hey, Doug. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, For people who have not yet read the story, um, is it how much of it focuses on this year as opposed to focusing on the past? Yeah, most of it is actually about his season in Denver and you know what led to probably the most disappointing season in Denver Broncos franchise history. Uh, the story starts uh, with, with his exit in Seattle, and we reported that he asked um, ownership in Seattle. Um, he, asked to, he asked for Schneider and Pete Carroll to be fired before that trade happened. So, um, you know, that's the beginning of this story, and we really just kind of trace everything that's happened to Russell in the 12 months since then, because that happened last February. 
What was the response? Who did he ask? Who did, who did he ask to fire him? Well, we reported that he asked Seahawks ownership to fire both of them, and we're very confident in that reporting. But I can't really elaborate any further. I'm sure you understand. Um, you know, with with the sourcing that we have, so he asked Seahawks ownership to fire both of those guys. And you know, you're all very familiar, and this audience, I'm sure, is familiar with you know some of the falling out that Russell had with Seattle. Um, you know, and his own his agent obviously put out the list of trade destinations the year before that. Um, you know, and then nothing happened that off season, but then last off season it was kind of clear that it was going to come to an end there. Um, so that's that's what happened at the end of his um, Seattle tenure. And I think what's interesting is that you know that's going to be the main headline out of this story, and obviously generating a ton of conversation today, which obviously it should. Like that's very fair. But I think what we kind of learned the most is that our reporting on the Denver aspect of it is really. Um, how you understand sort of what what went wrong this season in Denver, and it and it sort of explains a lot about Russell. You know, we reported that um, it was it was a headline all year that he had his personal quarterback coach in the building, and he had you know also some other staffers, a nutritionist, and a trainer also in the building, and that was new for him in Seattle. His personal quarterbacks coach, his name is Jake Heaps in Seattle. Jake Heaps did not have unlimited access to the facility, which which he did in Denver. He was not in the staff meetings or like the offensive meetings, but he had access to the facility and was around um, pretty much every day. He had a constant presence in the building. So that was new. That was more um, than he had been allowed in Seattle. And then, you know, he also um, had an office, which generated a ton of headlines. And I think what we learned about that, we talked to one player who was trying to say that, that the office was okay because Russell as a quarterback, he spends more time than anybody else in the building. So why shouldn't he have an office? But in doing so, he told us Russell made it known to his teammates that he had an open door policy. That was his direct quote, open door policy with his office, which at first sounds like, okay, well that's nice. But then a coach, when we talked to a, a Denver coach from the 2022 staff later, he was like, well, that's the problem. Like your open door should be your locker. Like you shouldn't have, have to tell your teammates that you have an open door policy for your office because you should just be available at all times like everybody else is. So understanding sort of like what was going on behind the scenes and also how much control uh, Russell had in the offense. One coach told us he brought the entire no huddle package from Seattle, including the code words that they would use in Seattle. And he was trying, he would often present Coach Hackett, um, the head coach there, with a list of plays for him to sign off on for inclusion into the offense. So a lot of this offense this season that we saw in Denver, which struggled was coming from Russell and Russell was instituting a lot of changes. And one, one coach told us that offensive linemen got frustrated because he kept adding additional cadences to the offense, which if you're an offensive lineman, I mean, that's directly impacts you. You have to know when to go on the snap count. So if you're not familiar with the cadence, that can lead to a ton of false starts. And they had the second most, Ball starts in the NFL this season. And this coach told us that some of the offensive linemen would go to Russell and actually push back on those changes and say, hell no, like we're not, we're not going to do that. This isn't working for us. So I think what we learned about what happened in Denver with the amount of control that Russell had, the power that he had in Denver that they gave him, they, they signed off on this over the summer um, to have his team in his office. 
that was the difference. And, you know, that, that explains a lot about, you know, things he wanted in Seattle that he didn't get that he then did get in Denver. Um, there was this season was a disaster, as you point out. Hackett lost his job. He's now with the Jets. One of the issues they had was in getting plays in. Right? Yeah. How, how much of how much of the the operation quarterbacks, offensive people, they always talk about the operation. How much of yeah. the operation being discombobulated was based upon Russell's influence uh, not working uh, along the same patterns as Hackett's influence? Yes. So um, it was definitely like a shared fault. Like, I mean, part of this was certainly Hackett not getting the play calls in in a timely manner and not being organized and we know that that because he hired Jerry Rosberg after week two, after the disaster week two game against the Texans where the, um, the crowd was chanting the play clock at the team. Um, so he hired Jerry Rosberg after that to sort of like help him organize, help him with game management, help him with special teams, all of that, um, you know, things that a first time head coach might struggle with, which he certainly was struggling with. But the other part of it is that, you know, sources told us that Russell sometimes had, an issue with relaying the play clock and, or sorry, not the play clock, the play call. And within that, if, when he got the play call, he would waste some time with coaching up players within the huddle, like telling, you know, teammates what exactly they needed to be doing. And some, some people put that issue on Russell and some people put that issue actually on the coaching staff saying that the staff asked him to over communicate because they didn't think that people on offense knew what they were doing. You know, so that points to a larger confusion on offense. But one thing that Jerry Judy told me, which I thought was really interesting, and um, Jerry was actually given to us by the Broncos. They, um, you know, presented Jerry to us to speak to um, when we went to them for comment. And um, Jerry said, you know, because I was asking Jerry, what was going on in the huddle? Like, was Wilson wasting time? Was he coaching you guys up too much? What What was going on in there? And he said, mostly in the beginning, Russell would give us a motivational speech to get us going before that play. I don't think he would say anything extra or, or unnecessary. He would give us the call and some motivational words and a little extra something like, get this block. But I don't think it was nothing long-winded. And then Kendall Hinton said he would always say, keep believing, believe. And I thought that was interesting because, um, you know, Judy was saying he didn't think he was doing anything unnecessary, but then he was also giving, you know, he's also spending a certain amount of time giving motivational speech to the players. And some extra coaching words as well. Um, okay, so Sean Payton was the guy that he supposedly wanted. Like again, your uh, uh, your report uh, with with other writers yep. says that's what he wanted. Now he gets it. And one of the questions Sean was asked was about having his own coaches there. And I thought it was very funny that he was asked multiple times. Every time his answer was, "I'm not familiar with that." Like, okay, but by, by the fifth time you're asked about it, you're clearly familiar. Right, here's my right. here's here's my question. You got your own nutritionist, you got your own throwing yeah. coach, yet people have remarked that like he doesn't look like he's in nearly as good a shape as he's been in, and then his ball didn't have the life it had had mm-hmm. on previously. I get all the other stuff, but what's to lead us to believe that that the ball is going to have new life now that his throwing coach isn't there? Yeah, I mean the influence of having his team in the building or not is something that's really impossible to actually uh, see if it, if it had any impact. Like it became such an outside story of people commenting on it that 
um, you know, we reported, and I thought this was really interesting, we reported that in the last two weeks of the season, after Hackett was fired, Broncos leadership initiated a conversation with Russell, and they brought up the topic of him having his staff and his own office. And within that conversation, they all agreed that Russell would not have his team around for the final two weeks and that he would not use his office. And, you know, after that, you know, Jerry Judy told us he was in the locker room a whole lot more than he was before because he wasn't in his office anymore. And while players told us that they they went into Russell's office and spent time with him there, and it was not just a place where Russell was hiding out alone, I do think it's really interesting to note that the team was trying to make changes at the end of the season. Obviously, the season was lost. It was not like they were going to suddenly win enough games to make the playoffs. Like There was no saving the season. It was gone. But they were making changes to try to improve like the culture within the building, to try to get back onto the right track to feel good going into next year. And one of those changes was having Russell stop using his office and not having his coaches in the building anymore. And I think that is really telling with what the imp- what the impact of that was. Like everyone we talked to said, you know, they were very nice people. They were willing to help others. They were not intrusive. You know, they didn't get in the way of any other coaches. Um, they knew their role, stayed in their lane. But at the same time, I do think it created an effect of putting Russell above everybody else. And yes, when you're the franchise quarterback making a historical amount of money, you are going to be on that pedestal. But I think it put him like even higher and created a disconnect between him and the rest of the team. And when he stopped doing that in the last two weeks of the season, that's when we saw all of his teammates start tweeting in his defense. So I don't know, you can put the pieces together there and think, okay, maybe that was the result of that. So the question becomes, though, can he rebuild those relationships? Because you yeah. know, it's the, the old expression is you never get a second chance to make a first impression. I, I thought Hackett was cooked, you know, after week two. Like, once you're not prepared, NFL guys, they're, they're all pros. They, they know the game. They're like, this guy doesn't have it. I just wonder if there's that same mentality with Russell, which is, you know, Russell doesn't have it anymore. Got too big for got his head got too big. Doesn't make the same plays he used to make. Like, can he win those that locker room back over? I think he can. Um, I think you know, in Seattle, I think he was running into issues with teammates because it had gone on for so long. Whereas I think in Denver, he still knew enough that I think he can repair this. And I also think Sean Payton. I mean, the end of our story is Dalton Reisner saying, like, they need Sean Payton, that Sean Payton is, like, the perfect coach for this situation because he's going to set a standard and and the players are going to have to meet it. I think the problem with Hackett was he was really trying to accommodate Russell um, because, you know, when he was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, that first year was a really difficult transition. And, you know, we had sources say that, that, you know, Hackett said he didn't want to go through that tough transition, so he wanted to incorporate Russell as much as he could. And I think that was what the problem was, is that nobody was really keeping him in check and there was no consistency to the offense. And I think Sean Payton, as a Super Bowl winning veteran head coach, you know, he's got an established identity and culture. And I think, you know, there isn't going to be the wiggle room that Russell had last year. And I think that's going to be really good for him. And I think, you know, this is exactly like Reisner said, I think Sean Payton is going to be exactly what he needed. And 
it's also a coach that he, as you mentioned earlier, that we reported, he said he's always wanted to play for. So, you know, it's almost like if it doesn't get better next year, then I think it's over. And I think it's kind of clear, like, all right, he's not going to be what he was before. But I do think he's going to be a lot better next season. Kayla, this is an outstanding article. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, 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 added kudos to Mike and to Jason who helped you co-write this thing. Yep. Thanks for joining us, and we really appreciate your perspective. Thanks, Doug. And sorry if I was rambling in my first answer. I feel like uh, I've been on for like seven don't, minutes. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> I ramble every day, and, and yet somehow they keep letting me come back to work. Thanks thanks for joining okay, us. Great. That, that's well, Kaylin Kaler, who, of course, is a senior writer for The Athletic. Athletic got a couple big pieces out today. Let's get to Jason Stewart with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Wow. Uh, a lot to unpack there. Like, that was a lot of information over the last 10 minutes from Kaylin. And um, I don't even know where to start with that, but I will start with a little bit of news based on this Russell Wilson story. Uh, Russell tweeted this morning, Doug, quote, I love Pete. And he was a father figure to me. And John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted to do was win. I'll always have respect for them and love the city of Seattle. Um, I guess this kind of goes back to believability. You talked in in your open a couple times about this sounds very believable, this story. (laughs) Um, Do you you believe Wilson's denial and apology? No, or not for a second. semi, whatever that is. Not, not for a second. I mean, not for a second. I mean, look, man, that the, these seeds were planted, and I mean, like Colin was the first guy to say, "Hey, you know, Russell might want to go to a major market," which didn't make any sort of sense. Uh, it just didn't. There's, the market size doesn't determine much of anything in in the NFL. You know, Peyton Manning wasn't in gigantic markets, and he's the biggest, you know, post football star. I mean. Even Tom Brady, like, that's not market size. But anyway, the point is that that Russell was trying to get out of there for years. Um, Russell's been exposed as being different than the Teflon image that he likes to promote. And so, no, I, I don't. I Do I believe three talented writers who want to make sure their I's were dotted and T's were crossed? I believe them over Russell. And, you know, to the I never wanted them to get fired. Like... Uh, okay, like at no point did you say them or me. They just automatically wanted to trade the most successful quarterback the franchise ever had? Of course not. Like, I was born at night, not last night. I do not believe his tweet. I'm with you on this. I mean, it, it's, it wasn't the first power move. It won't be the last, right? In sports or any corporate structure. I'm sure you've been involved in a power move. Uh, and he lost the power move. Or, or won it, however you want to look at it. I think the best part of this story is that... I think he won it because he got he got the new contract. Yeah. No, he got the money. He got the, he got the new contract. And the Broncos are living with that contract and all the assets they traded. And that, to me, is the most hilarious part of the story, is that he made the power move and it was part of the one of the worst trades in the history of sports. Um, real quick, a note about another NFL quarterback. Um, Sam Howell is QB1 in Washington. Um, he, he spoke yesterday. He says, I'm obviously super excited, super grateful that Coach Rivera uh, has given me this opportunity. I want to start work now. Looking forward to working with Coach Bienemy. I guess my question to you, Doug, is this. Sam Howell 
being uh, anointed QB1 in February, or I think it was even January when Rivera said it. Um, and then you hire Eric Bieniemy and basically give him the keys to the entire thing. That, it, it, does that strike you as strange that uh, that he he's not going to have say in the QB one, or is this probably going to change? Oh, I don't think it changed. I mean, I think I think it's pretty obvious what Washington wants to do. Right? What Washington wants to do is build around a young quarterback, not making a ton of money. That's how they're going to get the entire team to buy in and look when healthy that defensive front should be dynamic now they're gonna have to pay some dudes coming up but um, I think they want to they want to build the overall roster copy the Philadelphia model have a young quarterback play conservatively and then unleash your defense much the way Philadelphia does that's that's the model and again it's really hard to pull off and we don't know if Sam Howell is as good as Jalen Hurts we don't know if Eric Bieniemy is as good as Shane Steichen, and we don't. And to this point, their roster isn't anywhere close to Philadelphia's roster. But I think that's what they're copying. Interesting. Uh, good luck, Eric Bieniemy, with that structure. So, uh, Joel Embiid. Let's head to the NBA real fast. Great to see a full slate of games last night. One of the headlines was Joel Embiid leads the Sixers to a win over the Grizzlies. Fun game to watch. Joel said afterwards, for me, like I always say, defense is more important than offense. Tonight, I could not make any shots, especially the one I usually, the ones I usually make. But defensively, I thought I had to be Bill Russell tonight and able to kind of balance all that. Now, the stat line for Embiid last night, Doug, 27 points, 19 rebounds, 6 assists, 6 blocks in 38 minutes. Um, is he the closest thing we have to Bill Russell? I, I don't think Bill Russell is – I mean, uh, he said Bill Russell tonight. You know, Bill Russell was a great defensive player who just rebounded and not really refined offensively. This guy's unbelievable at both ends. I, I've said this for a long time. Like, Joel Embiid, he has all of the different trademarks to be one of the all-time greats in the history of the sport. And even though we've gone away from throwing the ball to some big guys in the post, he's agile enough, quick enough to still be able to score down there. And he can score facing the basket as well. He's an incredible, incredible talent. I don't think he's Bill Russell-like. And that is Jason Stewart with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Uh... Uh, start this year with a slam dunk in wireless savings. Switch to Consumer Cellular for talk, text, and data starting at just $20. Limited time offer, 25 off your bill at ConsumerCellular.com slash Herd. Promo code is the Herd. Coming up next in the Herd, um, guess who former Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians pointed out is the key reason that the Bucks had a disappointing season last night? Oh, you're going to love this. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo, of course you know us as the host of the number one rated Paulie and Tony Fusco show. World renowned. We all know you're sick and tired of these stupid sports shows where the hosts say stupid things like Tom Brady's the GOAT or LeBron James is good at basketball, which he is clearly not. See, we get you smart takes yeah and we also bring on so-called famous guests from across the sports world and show them why we know much more than they do you're off the show are you serious Dion! 
Listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Doug Gottlieb in for Collins, The Herd, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. So, uh, of the things of this past season we'd love to have come out, what really led to Russell Wilson being traded, that's come out. That's what we've talked about a bunch today. Here's one. Mm, Bruce Arians retires from the Buccaneers only after Tom Brady comes back. Huh. That one seemed odd. Right? I remember his line, which was like, you know, I was going to stay on because it was going to be rough. But I decided to come back, you know, to help everybody out. And then when Tom Brady was come back, then I decided to retire because, well, I knew we'd have a good we'd have a good season. That, that's that's what he that's what he said. Here's Bruce Arian Arians on with Rich Eisen talking about Tom Brady and the disappointing season. Tom wasn't himself, you know, with all the things that were going on. And I got to give him all the credit in the world for battling through what he went through last year for his first teammates, and um, thank the world of him. But it wasn't it wasn't the real Tom Brady out there. Uh, wasn't the real Tom Brady out there? Look, look, I I do think it's it's been well reported. This is a guy who's lost a ton of weight, right? Lost a ton of weight, looked different, 
And I, I thought this one of the saddest things I've seen all year. Do you guys see the NFL film stuff where Tom Brady, they're playing the, the, the 49ers, and he's, you know, come on, guys, let's go. Let's just keep trying. Let's keep pushing. Let's just. And they're just sitting there going like, whatever, Tom. <laughs> Pretty depressing. It was really kind of depressing, you know. It was it was really, really depressing. It was on many levels sad. This is exactly what it was. Um, but I, I'd love to know, like, what really happened there. With I, I, I truly believe that Tom Brady didn't think Arians was the right guy to help him help win again. I thought he felt like he ran too loose a ship. And he has said essentially as much in some interviews, you know, a different way of doing things, whatever. I just think Tom Brady's like, look, I'll come back, but I, I just, I can't, we can't do it the way Bruce wants to do it. Which is is not that dissimilar from Russell Wilson on the other end. And Russell Wilson had sweat equity with the place. But I think it was the fact that Russell Wilson just doesn't have the buy-in from everybody else around him. Like Tom Brady, wherever he's gone, the two places he's gone, still beloved by teammates. Russell Wilson, it's, it's not the same. doesn't feel the same. I will say this about the office thing. That's a real thing. When I was at ESPN, I think, I think Colin was the first to get an office of the radio guys. We had our like little radio thing and we were all in a, we had, when I first got there, Colin, it was same time. This was like 2003. We all had these cubes. You'd walk in and there was this little area where it was all our cubes, our cubicles. And then when they changed and expanded, you know, me and Golik, we had a cubicle right next to each other. And Cowherd got his own office. Now, he got his own office because Greeny had his own office. But Greeny had his own office because he was also doing Sports Center. And then once Colin got his own office, obviously everybody else wanted their office. And Colin's argument, which was a good one, which is like, hey, look, dude, I go from doing this to doing Sports Nation. I'm here for a long time. You know, he's a meet two hours for the show sort of guy. And then he would do that, do the TV show and then go home. It was a long stretch. But the office thing can set a lot of people off. Like, well, why does he have an office and I don't have an office? Oh, you got an open door policy. Oh, you're an executive now. You're not one of us. I totally get the office thing. Completely. You know, and then once you get an office, you're like, man, I mean, I kind of like it. I mean, really what you want an office for is just to close the door and just not, not be any sound and nobody talk to me. I've had an office before. It's a, it's a cool thing. Um, but it can, for people who are in the same position or similar position who don't have an office, it can be a, it can be a touchy subject. Oh, you got an office now. Oh, you're an executive now. Like, no, dude, I, they let me have an office, so I got an office. So you can come in here and crash, just not when I'm here. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I don't care. Coming up next, did you see the new look Lakers last night? I'll give you my thoughts and how replicable that effort was. That's upcoming next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com.